Let's get it on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> so, Josh, I think we're running a little bit of an experiment here today. Um, my, and the, the the hypothesis that I propose is that is is will be whether or not we can last longer than England on day <laughs> day three of this. Because. <laughs> Because on the one hand, given our track record, probably yeah. On the other hand, given how quick this test was, probably not. <laughs> mm. The fastest test in Australia since 1988, I believe. Really? Damn. And and keep in mind that Australia bowled a team out for 36 last year, <laughs> and this is still faster than that. <laughs> like that's that's phenomenal. Um, yeah, we're we're here on it's. It's I, it's what when it's it's Wednesday night in um mm, it in is Wednesday. it is and and we this should be I should have been waking up this morning to after the the fourth day of play in the the Ashes Test um you know maybe the game finished by then um instead uh, on on Tuesday morning uh, I was it was well before I went to bed on Tuesday morning the game had already finished yeah. <laughs> it was pretty it was pretty uh it was pretty rough because then i had to find stuff to do yesterday and today and tomorrow and <laughs> you know <laughs> just like panel seven you know scrambling to find new content to fill the the void that was left <laughs> i before they got plenty of big bash i was just on the phone with my family my family because they had they're having like the family christmas today um and apparently ben mcdermott scored a back a second Big Bash century back to back from his because he got one last game I think. Oh, um, yeah. Oh wait, like just just now. Yeah, oh, that would make in, sense actually. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't watching the whole game, but I saw parts of it. Um, but that would make that would make sense. He's doing well. We love to see it. Oh, he got run. He got run out. Of the end. It must have been the final ball. I said I. I was. I was on the on the phone to my family and. I was chatting to my uncle and he just flipped the camera to um to be facing the the um the twenty twenty because he was like you you want to see this and he was right. Um, was, the, I was, yeah. uh, uh, but what surprised me with the big bash games today was um I, I I also like how we started talking about the test match and now we've instantly gone into the big bash because like what is there to talk about? But um the other thing that surprised me was um so Brisbane got bowled out for a hundred and five. And I was thinking, oh, that's it. Like, they're never going to win this game. Um, but then uh, the Sydney Sixers were only, like, 47 for eight or something. And then they managed to end up clawing their way to, to they win They got it. on the final ball. On the final ball. Um, and so I thought Brisbane actually did pretty well to defend what is, like, an objectively terrible score. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just looking through this scorecard now. Yeah, because... I mean, Sean. Oh my God, Sean Abbott was the was the huge. He took four for thirty one with the with the ball, and thirty seven with the bat. That's mad. This is this is absolutely insane. This is um. What's still a better batting performance in England? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I saw I saw one one comment online that went, "Don't worry, England supporters, you'd still beat the Brisbane Heat." But I think what today shows is actually I don't know if they would. <laughs> you know, in all honesty. <laughs> Oh geez. So maybe without further ado, it's time we um we get into the, the meat and drink of this show. Um uh being the how's that for a segue? Uh being the, the third test match between Australia and England. Um 
So something that's not gotten a lot of it, it's actually been kind of weird because I think uh, test matches happen so quickly. Like it's normally there's like a narrative over several days that like going through my notes before these episodes that I'm like, like I reflect on. Whereas it wasn't really one for this, for this test. It was just kind of like England were terrible. <laughs> that's fair <laughs> i think i think um although it should be said i think i think there were signs of hope for england i think they bowled australia out pretty well in the end um like i don't think australia batted that well oh, on the pitch yeah. um so you know I, I think like you know i think that was kind of the narrative for me was there was like this moment where everyone was like oh like you know, this could actually be like a really tight game, like really close, um, you know, if England just gets it together. And then England did not get it together um, and put up probably one of the most embarrassing performances <laughs> in in recent memory. And it's, and, it's, and it's really because I think it's, it's something that like, like and I will flag this when we, when we maybe go through the innings, but like there was, um, if we end up doing it that way, but the, there were certainly points in the test where it was like, Definitely, maybe some question marks you could start to raise about um, Australia's performance, and there's certainly like a few questions that could maybe come out of it. It's just that England literally is like that meme, like uh, the "hold my beer" meme. Um, you know, like it, Australia, Australia were doing poorly. England saw that and like were like, "Hold my beer." And it was not like Australia were doing poorly, but there was like enough there to maybe be exciting for an England fan. England were like, hold my beer, and just went down, um, which was just r- absolutely ridiculous. Like I um, kind of, you know, looking back on it, you kind of go, uh, you know, Pat Cummins won the toss, chooses to bowl, you know, and I was thinking, oh, you know, he's just fed up with how long these matches are going. He wants to win win by an innings, you know, like, and then he like, you know, Australia only had a 85-run lead, and you go, oh, they're probably not going to win by an innings anymore. And then you go but they'll probably try still. And then lo and behold, they did. And you go, oh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> still got his wish. It was, it was, I mean, it was, yeah, it was just r- ridiculous. Like, because I think it's interesting. I think I, even with the, the pitch and I, and I, like, I obviously didn't have much of a chance to watch this game, but um Australia winning the toss and bowling is is something that I think in past more of a deal would have been made out of. Um, but it kind of like it almost, it felt like there wasn't much fanfare about that decision being made. Yeah, I, um, I agree. I think, well, so, uh, you know, the commentators were all like, oh, that was the right decision and blah, blah, blah. I also don't think Australia actually didn't do that well to capitalise on that. Like at the end of the first session, England were only three down. And the third wicket came in the in the last over. Um, you know, it still took them most of the day to to bowl them out. Like it wasn't like they kind of bowled first and really just totally uh, racked England completely. Like it, you know, it was kind of like neutral. I would say they didn't really uh, take the yeah. full advantage of it that you'd expect with the choosing to bowl first. Um, but I don't know. Like I don't know it seemed like a, a kind of a tough wicket anyway. So maybe they wouldn't have done that well batting first either. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like um, after that first session, it was kind of, it was really interesting because I like, I watched the wickets, like 
I mean, yeah, the England openers failed again, but I don't know what more they could have done to those balls. Like, like, like that first session was well. The first session was interesting, right? Like, because Cummins is. Cummins is like bowling insane, right? Like Cummins' first like session of bowling, like he took, mm. I think he, I, I don't know what his stats were after the first session, but it was, uh, I, I was trying to get the scorecard up, but I realized that I had the um the scorecard from the big bash up instead. Um, <laughs> but you know they go into they go into lunch at what three for sixty one, I think, and Cummins has all three of those. He's got like he's got three for about two runs, right? Before and I think he also run. bowled more overs than the other bowlers in that in that session like he kind of took the took the lead because stark was a bit a bit wayward a bit inaccurate um and boland was was on debut so kind of um it was cummins kind of leading the charge um which was yeah. like good to see you know and and then like kind of after that session all the bowlers got into their groove but i think like kind of there was a bit of pressure on cummins in that first session which did re- lead to results but i think again kind of you know, you're choosing the bowl first and your bowlers aren't actually getting, like, starting properly straight away. They're taking a session to get into it. Yeah. It's it, it's interesting because I suppose from a psychological standpoint, we, because you have the bowler as the captain, you you can make that statement of, like, yeah, we're going to bowl first and try and rip through the opposition. Uh, I suppose it didn't quite come off, did it? Um, but, like... Because, yeah, after that first session, you would almost say that particularly if you've been put in, I suppose if if you've been put into bowl, into bat, sorry, by the opposition, and you're only three down by lunch, like, you would say that's even. even. Like, if you put the yes. opposition into, into bat on day one, you're, the, the onus is on you to get at least three wickets, I think. So, like, by that stage, like, things look reasonably even, right? Yeah, like by I agree. Yeah. Like I think I, I don't know. Like I was kind of like everyone was like, oh, Australia chose to bowl and they've already taken three wickets. And I was like, they've only taken three wickets. You know, <laughs> like it's not like they've they've really capitalized on this decision. Um yeah. yeah, even though like all the commentators seem to be going, Oh, it's Australia's doing so well, taking three wickets in the morning set. And I'm like, you know, if Australia was if England chose to bat and Australia took three wickets, like there's still only like even you know what I mean it's not like it's not a big victory in that morning session for Australia yeah like if anything if anything if you choose to like it's all, England almost come out on top on that session right like yeah. the Britain and Lana and they're looking solid um I, I think there's also an element of like uh when you're talking about like what the commentators were saying it's like it's almost like the commentators are somewhat just propaganda at some point. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. They, they, <laughs> they, 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 that's what they are. Like they, they are propaganda for the for the um the party of the uh the the Australian uh, cricket Australia. That's that's what we're called. That's what it's called. <laughs> I, I'm I'm doing I'm doing real real solid this morning. I was feeling awake. Um, but we're, we're here now. Um, what should we call it? Yeah, and like. Milan goes on the stroke of lunch and and then it's just kind of like it's well <laughs> uh, like that like a similar pattern like as soon as Milan gets out that partnership's broken um, that first innings looks like it it's it, like at this point like you could predict that scorecard you could what do you reckon I'm being like to like almost at that point in that first innings, you could almost predict that scorecard, or do you think I'm maybe being a little bit too like 
Uh, I will say, like, I think England did a, I mean, obviously still not great, but better than than before because you look at, um, they went from 3 to 61 to 10 for 185. So, yeah. Whereas before they'd kind of been collapsing for like 70 odd. Here they only collapsed for 100 odd. So that's not terrible. Yeah, it was it was actually interesting going back through the numbers just before recording this being like, okay, England weren't that demolished on day one. Like, um, yeah. I agree. And I think like when Australia uh, came out to bat, like we kind of saw that as well. Like it's, I think it was kind of more of a low scoring game than how did the, maybe it how appeared. Did the, how did the wicket play? Like watching it, it like look like it's like quite a tough wicket to bat on. It was very grassy. Um, so I think it was quite unfamiliar for Australian conditions. Um, uh, but it still had like uh, the bounce and stuff that you'd expect from an Australian pitch, even though it was very green. Um, well, Australian pitches do get green, like but this was like very green. <laughs> this is like, yeah, like I, New I Zealand had, level green, yeah, like um, something like 12 millimeters of grass on it. The Adelaide test had nine millimeters of grass on it, so quite a sizable jump up uh, at the start there. Um, you know, I never used to appreciate re- like when they talked about like those things, like how many mils of grass, but like for me, that never really meant much. It's like it's more what it looks like or like the relative numbers. But now that I've cross country spikes, which I measured in, like I think I have seven seven mil spikes, and like I know roughly what level of mud you like wear different lengths of spikes in 12 millimeters is a lot of grass yeah <laughs> that's like it's like i've seen a 12 millimeter cross-country spike you could kill someone with one of those they're long boys um yeah yeah so that's that is, that is a lot so i think um yeah like australia comes out and makes 267 which i think is probably like you maybe around par, maybe a little bit above par. I think England didn't bowl too well at the end. I think Australia could have been out for like 220, 230. Um, it felt like the tail wagged. Well, I suppose Kerry falls at what, 8 for 219. Like, re- like really, if you're England there, you should be almost like like gunning to get the last couple of wickets, get them out for 230-odd. And yeah. then like Australia just managed to eke out. And I mean that's the that that little bit that they eked out meant that Australia didn't have to bat as many times. Yeah, <laughs> but it was just enough. It was it was that feeling of like if Australia if England got through the tail, um, Australia if they can get Australia to only have like a forty run lead, you know, um, the batting in the fourth innings would might be sufficiently tricky. That if England can get like an one hundred fifty run lead, and we'll come back. This this is the feeling that you have after the second day as well. Even though England get ripped through on that second night, like. And 150 run lead might be enough to defend in the fourth innings. Um, but I want to I want to jump back to the start of Australia's innings with Marcus Harris because um, I think we've we've been we've been happy to uh, shoot him down, um, <laughs> but like like a good knock from the guy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That went, that like, how did he look? Like how, how did he look playing it in the flesh? Um, yeah, I like I didn't get to watch the, the whole the whole test, but I thought he looked decent. But again, I, I kind of Harris seems like someone the selectors are kind of using as a stopgap almost for like Pekovsky and stuff to to come back into the side, you know. And so I think like 
you know, I think I think it's it's good that he's getting scores. I also think like getting one, like being the top scorer in one innings doesn't necessarily mean much uh, overall. You know, if he if he goes to Sydney and then Hobart and doesn't mm. perform there, um, but. You know, I think I think it's it's it kind of justifies his continued selection. You know what I mean? I think it, it kind of at least extends that uh, out of it and goes, yeah, this player does still have potential um, and kind of can play in the side. You know, and and does have the potential for yeah. those big scores. Um, so, you know, hopefully at Sydney and Hobart he can continue, and maybe maybe at Hobart, you know, which is also traditionally a bit more of a, a greener top, maybe he'll he'll do really well there again as well. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's kind of a, again though, kind of a bit too early to say. Uh, you know, mm. one score of seventy six, and Marcus Harris is is locked in for forever. I think. Um, yeah, that's maybe too quick to to jump, but I think he did show his his potential, which is which is you love to see it. Yeah, as in uh, there won't be any more questions for the rest of the series. It'll be like the next series now. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Ask the questions, but it's like it is actually like reflecting upon the. I mean, like, I almost think when someone gets out of a rudder form with like a really high 50, it's always good because, well, that's just, because it's almost like if he gets the century, there's, there's, there's less incentive. Whereas now it's like he's gone, he's gone some runs, but there's still the incentive to go get that century. Yeah. Um, so I always think psychologically, it's kind of nice if the first decent score is like a high 50 because it's like, hopefully there's still that urge to then go on and convert that to 100. Um, although he's made a couple of 70s before. Um, but, like, I mean, if you do look at the, apart from Roots 50 in the first innings, and, I mean, like, apart from the guy who's having the third best test batting year on record, like, Harris is the only person to pass 50. So, yeah. I think it's... And um, he beat all of England in the second innings. Marcus Harris beat England, exactly, yeah. Like, so, I think, I think maybe, like, I think it was quite an impressive innings, when, like, upon reflecting, like, the... If you look at the scorecard, um, it's obviously hard to tell because... Like there's kind of like Australia, like only one team that can bat bat. There was only one innings where you had a team that can bat bat. Um, yeah. The other two innings were by a team of of bowlers and a few a few blokes that picked up from the street. Yeah, I, I think the good thing about Harris's innings is it kind of shows uh, when the rest of the players fail, there there is still some on the table to, to stick around and, and be a bit of an anchor because um, you know he he kind of stayed out there for. A long time, um, and it was kind of funny because I saw some stats that, like, these were the first partnerships he ever had with Smith and Head and and those guys because yeah. he'd never he'd never been really? out there with with them before. Yeah, um, yeah. So I saw something that was like, oh, the reason Australia's collapsing is because they've never batted with Marcus Harris before, and he's throwing them off their game, um, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I think kind of what we're seeing throughout the series is when. Australia's kind of, you know, big name players, for lack of a better word. You know, you're Warner, Labuschagne, Smith. When they don't perform, um, someone like Travis Head can can stick it, step in and and get that hundred. Or, or in this game, you know, Marcus Harris can stick around. And I think that's perhaps the more promising thing is that, you know, Marcus Harris might not always get the big scores and stuff, but he hasn't always needed to. But here, Australia needs someone to stick around and get some sort of score and, and he was the one who did that um which i think yeah. really shows the kind of depth in the side that not everyone's going to perform 100 percent of the time but even when some people aren't the others are there to, to pick up the slack which you don't have with the english side 
60% of the time it works 100% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, it's, like, it's like when we're going through the stats for the things are like Australia has four batsmen in the top 10 ranked batsmen, right? But it's always the fifth and sixth batsmen that have been the question, right? I mean, even to be honest, it's been the fourth, fifth and sixth batsmen that have been the question because head being in the top 10 still blows my mind, right? Um, but like, it's kind of like, yeah, the other the others in the lineup being able to like you know travis head not having a great day still making 27 you know cam green not having a great day managing to make 17 you know like and surviving for 63 look, balls as well um yeah yeah like spending like an hour out in the i mean it's almost like it's almost looking at the minutes the, the i think the minutes is something that's under like the, so first of all marcus harris batted for three and a half hours no sorry four and a half hours right like that's that's two and a half sessions, right? Like that's that's a lot. But then everyone else batted at least like, you know who batted the least? That Marnus Labashain bo- broke. Um, <laughs> that Marnus Labashain and Scott Boland were the two people who batted the least in Australia's innings. Um, you know, Scott Boland. Jeez, I hope he does something with the bowl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's called he's called bowl he's called Boland, not bowl and bat. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, this is the one thing with Labuschagne's getting one is that like he's had this. Have you seen all those stats about his crazy run of first inning scores? Um, about like uh, like this will be like the first time that he's gotten less than like seventy, in first <laughs> yeah, yeah. like seventy in the first yeah. innings for like forever. Like it's it's kind of when he only got one. It was like what? <laughs> I think this is going to be just... such a whack scorecard to look back on in in like you know 10, 15 years because you go. Like you know, there are some names in here Make that are like the number three. It's like like there's just some some names in here where you're like, yeah, these are, these are like probably like some of the names that are going to stick around at the Australian level for like years. You know, and talked about like Ponting and Clark and and that sort of thing. And you're going to read the scorecard and go, none of them did any good, and yet somehow like this is like the Ashes result that happened this year. Yeah, you know, like this is what clinched it. And like Australia, like the bowlers did great, but the the actual the batters did did nothing at all. It's I did, like Australia won this on the back of amazing bowling, like like the potentially like the like we'll, maybe we'll come to that second night now. Um, because but like Australia won this on the back of some of the best bowling that we'll see and some of the worst batting that you will see from the opposition. Yep, absolutely. Like, I was I was very upset because I didn't watch uh, that final kind of 12 overs on day two because I went, oh, you know, England managed to to do all right in the first innings in, in terms of their top order. You know, I was like, they'll, they'll last, you know, I'll, I'll come back and, you know, there might be one or two wickets and, and you know, I can just see what's going on. And I get back and they're just... You know, it's all collapsing, and I'm going. How did I miss this? You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. like <laughs> it's it was. I, I think I watched the highlights from it, and pretty much the highlight was every ball because yeah. it was just yeah. kind of like <laughs> literally. Every, it was one of those things that like every ball looked like it was going to be a wicket. Pat Cummins um, didn't get any wickets at the end of the the second day, and he was probably like bowling the best, uh, like out of anyone. Okay, just... Cummins, that was the thing. Like he was bowling. He was landing on a dime, and then they give the Scott Boland the ball for one over on the second night, and he takes two wickets. And he's just like, thank you very much. And, like, the thing I found funny about this is that um, 
Yeah, one of those wickets was Jack Leach was the night watchman. But did you watch the ball? Like, yeah. the ball he bought to get rid of Jack Leach was incredible. Like, that's getting out. That's getting out a, a top order batsman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, this was the... I mean, part of the thing with... I, I, I think we're now at the stage where we talk about Scott Boland's innings. Um, although I had a note here, I wanted to... I, I just noticed I have a note here being like, did Jack Leach do okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> did, did he do? In what sense do you mean? <laughs> he got a wicket. Um, but anyway, let's 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 talk about Scott Boland now because one of the reasons that they like talked about like bringing him specifically into the squad is that like he knows this Melbourne wicket, right? Like, yeah, he knows how to play in Melbourne, uh, and. Um, like he can, he knows like the spot where to land it on the MCG, which is like you know he takes eight for eighty nine that, and like it makes eight for eighty nine in a first class match look pretty rubbish when <laughs> you take his test figures were seven for fifty five, but I mean that's that second inning six for seven, um, yeah. like where to begin with that? <laughs> it was just incredible. Like I think. Uh, on debut as well, you know, like it would have been incredible for for anyone, you know what I mean? Like if like Hazelwood was playing, for instance, and he got those figures, you know, like also would have been incredible. But for someone on debut, um, you know, that's also like 32 years old. So like, you know, probably maybe didn't think they were going to get a a shot at at playing at at test level to play in front of your home crowd on Boxing Day and get six or seven (laughs) <laughs> like it's a it's a great story it's a it's wonderful it's, it's a, yeah it like it's, to me that is probably the the narrative that came out of this test was like just scott boland really yeah, this wasn't this wasn't like england versus australia or, or the ashes or anything like that this was just a uh, scott boland's day and this was that's literally <laughs> what it was it was his like this is going to be the kind of story the day that they talk about in like like you will be talking like people will still talk about this day in like 20 30 years time you know like that, that was, that was, that it was kind of like going into the third day. It was kind of like, um, because I went into a venue without Wi Fi just as the third day started. And I left that venue without Wi Fi after the same third day had finished. <laughs> um, and like going in, going into my little no access to the cricket bubble, it was like, like, you know, uh, this could go either way here. If, you know, Stokes and Root are there. If they bat for a while, like, you know, it could be England could maybe get like an 100, 150 run lead. Anderson bowled really well in Australia's innings. Um, clearly part of me didn't think that Jack Leach looked too horrible because I made a <laughs> note of it. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, Anderson's on fire. It's like, but instead of, Anderson didn't even have the chance to rip through Australia because Scott Boland was like, no, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not giving him a chance, you know. Like, he just, like, it's... The one thing that is worth noting is that, like, the that fall of wicket of of Ben Stokes, like, it it happens a little bit... um, Like, they get to... They get to 46 before Stokes gets out. Like, they face five, six overs. Like, it's... It's start. It's starting like a regular day of play. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah. Scott Poland's magic day. It really was, just... and like you know, just watching it, you're kind of like, it was. It was unbelievable, really. Like, like you were just watching it, and you were going, 
there's another one there's another one like like it like magical even um just to watch that spell of bowling and it just seemed like you know i, I was just watching and i just like like started laughing because i couldn't help myself like you know you know what i mean it was just like kind of unbelievable to watch what was happening to england um you know what i mean it just seemed like no matter what they were doing scott Boland would just get them out you know he just he, he was just having that that day for him you know where he just no matter what you did he was just going to get you yeah and it's it's almost like um it was just like so much him at the mcg that i reckon not only is he locked in his space space for the scg he's he's potentially locked in his place for the boxing day test next year because yeah i think i think he's i think he's probably locked in i mean you know we we like to not talk about the previews and stuff too much like uh i don't know if australia will stick with him for the rest of uh, for for the scg or something if hazelwood's fit but i think what he what he did is as probably um, or i hope like solidified like a central contract for him and i think like uh like he will kind of be in the squad now and i think for an ashes tour to england the the, the next ashes like i think he'll be in that squad because i think you know he, he can move the ball that much that he's going to be a whiz in, in England as well. You know, he's going to be a, a, a genius kid over there. Not so yeah. much a kid anymore, I guess. <laughs> as a genius. <laughs> um, just a genius. Like, just he's an a old man. He's old. It's, it's, like, it's, it's almost the Adam Voges effect of, like, debuting so late in his, in his career that, like, he's, he's going to have the chance to have, like, an insane test bowling average yeah. um, by the end of his career because he won't play that much and he's gotten off to such a good start, you know? Yeah. Um, it's also probably worth whilst we're talking about him uh i think it's it we should talk a little bit about him getting the the johnny muller medal um which is the so so basically last year for the for the boxing day test they introduced uh the johnny muller medal for the best on ground and so so johnny muller was uh an indigenous cricketer in the late 1800s so he was born in ireland um and one of the cool things about him is that he's um, he played like his cricket in West, the Western District in Victoria, which is also where Scott Boland played some cricket. Yeah. Um, so they both played cricket from the same place. Scott Boland's the um, is the second male Indigenous Test cricketer, the fourth Indigenous Test cricketer for Australia uh, as a whole. Um, and just like the fact that you have um, this this medal that's been like to recognise uh, an an Indigenous cricketer who didn't get has has been kind of like the whitewashing of history has has, has passed over figures like uh Unaraman and other important like you know great ind- indigenous peoples in this country uh and the fact that there's now a recognition of that person but then also it's an indigenous cricketer who wins the medal yeah um, like on debut like and last year which was the first time the medal was awarded it went to Rahane so this was the first year that it went to an Australian that's player. That's, and I think yeah. like that's also kind of like uh something special as well. Um yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like it's gonna be it's it's one of those things that when you think about all the like like the little links that come together, like it's a little bit like a fairy tale. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Like but yeah, sorry. Uh yeah, I was just like, you know, we've talked it's like magical, you know, like like a fairy tale, like a, a story. Yeah. Like like that's what this test was. It it's kind of like a, a Christmas miracle almost, you know? It's like it's, yeah. 
it's and again as because because i'm kind of like waking up in the morning and like going through these and stuff like that or like if i wake up in the night like paying a little bit of attention to the radio like this test just like it it didn't like it didn't feel real yeah <laughs> literally yeah like it's just kind of like and i probably paid less attention to this because it's been busy over christmas around christmas over here but like basically just like this this like if if you told me tomorrow that like i've actually been pranked this didn't happen and like this was just um a really elaborate like a uh, story that was made up by the you know by cricket australia just to prank people in britain like i'd kind of be like okay because it's just like it was too it's so perfect yeah um, yeah a powder powder scott boland um i think um yeah yeah like and there and there's elements of things like so a couple of years ago scott boland that um to commemorate the 150th anniversary of um, an Indigenous Australian cricket team going to England in the 1800s. They sent a team to England of Indigenous cricketers and Scott Boland was on that trip. Um, you know, like, I think it's, uh, it's, it's one of these, it's one of these things that like, hopefully it's like, it's a, it's a key. It's, it's not, it's like, it's, it's, hopefully this is the kind of thing that like is a landmark that um, sets the stage for cricket becoming a more inclusive game in future. Um, yeah. Um, Boland also getting a debut means that Australia played six fast bowlers this series, um, which is kind of mad when you think about like how Australia always did just like you know the the big three. Yeah, and two of them got fifers. And like, <laughs> and yeah. the speaking, yeah, yeah, true. Speaking of big three as well, um, Mitch Starks has had a great series. Yeah. Like I like I think it's. it's I don't have much to, to add, by the way. Like, there's been a few times where I've just said yep because I I just like there's nothing more yeah. to say. <laughs> there's just there really isn't. <laughs> they're, they're, they're really, yeah, it's just kind of like Australia, like bad average, but their bowling was just incredible. Um, not much in depth analysis to add. Um, I, I mean, Starks had a very consistent series. Um, so the, like his average, his average with the bat is in like. 30s or 40s or something like that and he's you know he's averaging like 20 with the ball like he's he's a the australia of two genuine like he's, he's almost at a genuine all-rounder point you know like it's yeah. Yeah. it's pretty it's pretty pretty handy the series that he's had um yeah the the, the ridiculous stats throughout about this game are ridiculous like i think we could we could go in circles talking about the ridiculous stats um uh but Let's let's pivot a bit um, to, to, to root um, back to root watch. Um, he's gotten oh, Josh is frozen. Oh no, I'm I'm which means here. that you might not be able to hear me listening. Oh, he's no, back. I've he's been back. I've been able to he's hear you the whole time. So Joe Root, uh, seven. Oh, Lamar. Uh, Joe, Joe Root, one thousand seven hundred eight runs for the year. Which is like the third most in the calendar year. He missed out on on beating Viv Richards by two runs. Um, uh, like Viv Richards got seventeen ten, Root got seven seventeen oh eight. But the the key the key stat of the difference is if you look at the difference between the highest and second highest run scorer. Um, and Root scored one thousand one hundred and seventy eight runs more than the second highest scorer. 
um, which is like, you know, it's considered a good calendar year if you score, like if you can score a thousand runs in a calendar year, it's considered an elite calendar year. Yeah. He scored over a thousand runs more than the next highest batsman, right? Um, which is ridiculous. Um, I'm almost, I almost want to see how that, where that, that run difference, 1,178, um, sits on the list of, okay, it's not in the, like the top, it's not in the top 50 or anything like that. But like, you know, there is less than 100 or so people who've scored 1,000 runs in the calendar year. Um, there was some other thing that he scored like 26.4% of England's test runs this year. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed, I saw, I saw a stat of like England's top run scorers this year. And instead of having Joe Roots all together, um, it broke them up by the month that he scored them in. Uh, so if you do it that way, then Joe Burns is England's top run scorer with 500 and something. And then Joe Root in August is is just below that uh, with, with uh, 500 and something. And then uh, and then extras is, is after that. Extras and then, is doing pretty well, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Joe Root in, in September and and that kind of thing, which, which I thought was great. <laughs> <laughs> and something like nine how many tests i think like the most test losses in a year or something like that um like oh, yeah, nine what you have, is you have with, a yeah like essentially what you have is you have a good batting lineup in, like a decent batting lineup in australia a good bowling lineup in england an elite bowling lineup in australia and an absolutely terrible batting lineup <laughs> in england yeah you know or like you would say that maybe like England's bowling is maybe better than Australia's batting, but the discrepancy between those two is so much smaller than the discrepancy between. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. absolutely mad. Yeah, and um, I mean that's all I've really got to say about this. Before really, is there anything else you've got to say about this test? Like uh, it was just no. Well, I guess I guess we should say um, like Australia's retained the Ashes, um, which is oh, kind yeah. of. A bit of a a bit of a meme, considering like England's whole um, uh, marketing tactic has been how much preparation they've put in uh, to to win it, um, and then you know they, yeah. they come out and they make how much did they make in the end sixty eight <laughs> runs in the in the final yeah. innings to 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 lose it. Um, yeah, I think there's some some big questions, and we'll probably talk about that more in the preview for the. For the next one, I think I don't think, or or separately perhaps, um, at like after yeah. the whole the whole series, but um, yeah. yeah, I guess I guess you know I think for what was like really not like apart from the bowling, like Australia's batting was quite mediocre, you know, and, and I think you know if it weren't for how good the bowlers were, um, you know, it's it's kind of not that impressive of a scorecard and yet Australia still <laughs> retains the ashes. I don't know. I just find that kind of amusing really, but it, yeah. like it wasn't, it wasn't really like, yeah. um, I saw headlines that were like, Oh, Australia has a dominant victory over England. I'm like, it really wasn't that dominant. You know what I mean? Like the, the bowl that like they were dominant in, in the bowling, but the, it wasn't like a, they piled on a huge score and, and just batted England out of the, the game. It was, it was close until it wasn't. <laughs> yeah yeah I, it was like it was it's i think that you know, like it being like oh australia destroyed england is that's it's a very easy i mean also like english media really likes to um to bash 
um, to, to, to bash their team when they're not doing well. And I think Australian media, media likes to pump it up when it's doing well. And it's like, it's particularly if you're not looking at the, like, yeah, on the BBC News, five stages of grief with England. It's a photo of Trevor and Joss Butler, you know? Like it's, um, like, it's easy if you're not paying attention to the minutiae of the game to just be like, Australia bowled them out for 68, won by an innings. Like, you know, like it's easy to just like look at the big picture and be like, it was an absolute destruction when that's not quite fair. Like, I think it's, that's giving too much credit to Australia. But yeah. I think it's, it's the kind of thing that is essentially, this is a really easy test to talk about because you can just wax lyrical about how good Australia's bowling was and how horrible England's batting was. And that's, yeah. kind of it. that's kind of what happened. Yeah. And I think, like, I guess maybe in that sense, this was a good kind of the perfect storm in the teacup, you know, of, of uh, Australia finally getting, like, its entire bowling unit, like, perfectly poised for the conditions and the venue that is Melbourne and England's uh, batting lineup getting uh, torn apart and reshaped by the selectors, you know, the week before this test, uh, only for it to just to just end up those those two perfectly uh, balanced sides meeting in the middle, and and the result I think shows what happens. <laughs> and it just feels a little bit like England are just kind of like, um, I mean, the expression "rolling the dice" is something that's done a lot. But it literally is like that's that's how they're picking their batting order and the bowl, yeah. like the bowling as well. Like you know, it's not like there doesn't seem to be rhyme or reason to what's going on. Um, like you know, yeah, my my mum, you know, expert cricket commentator was like, you know, you kind of wonder what was the point of changing uh, the the opener. You know, like like what was the point? You just you, <laughs> you didn't you didn't it didn't make a difference in the end. You know, and and she's absolutely right. You know, and I think that's probably like what everyone's thinking is like, why make all these changes? If, you know, you kind of ended up with a worse result, really, in, in the end of it. So, yeah, yeah. big it, questions, I it, think, for, for England moving forward. Yeah, I, I think it's also the the thing that we'll, to be careful about is this is this just swept some of Australia's deficiencies under the rug. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, particularly with the bat, and I think is there's still, there should still be questions on Australia's batting after this series. Um and obviously, we'll see how the next two tests go. But, um, like, I think it's just because England are really, really bad. It was only a summer ago that um, India won the impossible against Australia, you know? Um, yeah. And, like, if you look at our team, our team's not that much different. Um, you've got to change in a wicketkeeper, you know? Um, and Kerry's been good, but he's not performed that much differently to how pain performed you know um except with maybe like slightly quieter behind the stumps uh whether that's a good thing or a bad thing you make up your own mind um but yeah so i think it's 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 been a good thing to sweep things under the rug for australia but it'll be very interesting with australia going to asia for nine tests this year next year sorry um but yeah i think that's 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 all she wrote for this test this will also be the last white noise episode for the year i realized um, oh, so true. Yeah. This is, it feels like we're almost going out on a whimper rather than a bang because England went out on a whimper. That's, that's true. Uh, but that's, that's the, the game you play with the summer series. That's the, that is the game. I suppose the, the one thing, the one thing to add is we, we from time to time like to say that, you know, white noise were, uh, white noise were big fans of Usman Khawaja, 
Mitch Swepson, Big Bash Nagar. I think um, uh, Pat Pat Cummins would be on that list as well. I think uh, Josh, do we have do we have permission to add Scott Boland to the list of people Absolutely. that we are big fans of? The Scotty White Scotty Boland to Captain Australia after Pat Cummins. I reckon <laughs> Scott Boland, if you're listening, <laughs> we're at White Noise are big fans of you and your efforts, um, and all the best in the future for you. Yeah, I think something right. I like about about Scott Boland. Sorry to, to yeah. drag this out no, no. further. It's just that. Um, he just seems like a lovely man. Dude, if like we have like man. half an hour of Scott Boland appreciation now, that's fine. <laughs> he, just, he just seems like, and I think this is something we've seen with a few of Australia's uh, debutantes, is, is they, just, they just seem like lovely people. You know what I mean? They don't seem like aggressive or whatever. Like, you know, he just like, like absolutely ripped through England and then just like was so unassuming about it all. Like he wouldn't even know. Like, you know what I mean? He didn't even want to like, like get, like get the ball or anything. Like, you know, he was pretty much like forced to like, like acknowledge the yeah, crowd and stuff, you know? like, yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just what a guy you know just just so humble so so lovely I, I just reckon he, he seems like a like a great guy and someone i'd you know get coffee with you know whereas yeah you know i probably wouldn't do that with someone like david warner <laughs> yeah it's just kind of like when it's not like it's it's what it is and it's as you see it in the photos it's the no fuss attitude it's kind of like yeah I won the test for Australia. Cool. I'm going to go. go ha- and like, he's just got the photo of him with his family. He's like, cool. Won the test for Australia. I'm going to go hang out with the family now, you know? Like, back back to the, you know, back to life as usual. Like, yeah. yeah. It reminds me a But, bit... like, hopefully he gets to stick around in the system. Yeah. So, you go. Um, it, it reminds me a bit of um, Fox had had a Pat Cummins documentary once he was he was made captain and they they premiered it during the the Adelaide Test. Um, and one of my favourite things about it was uh, they had a part on his debut test where he comes out to bat at like number eleven and Australia needs not a whole lot to win, um, but kind of Brad Haddon comes back to the the changing rooms and and Paddy's going. We're just we're just having a bat. Like we're just we're just playing cricket, aren't we? Like, why is everyone stressing out so much? And everyone else in the room is like, what? Like, who is this like 20-year-old telling us that? Well, I don't even think he was 20, he was like 18 or something. And they're like, who is this 18-year-old like telling us? And he just goes out there and, and then they like go to to come and say he's like, I would not bat today how I batted them. <laughs> and it's just like shots of him just like absolutely like trying to send it. And eventually Australia wins the test match. But I think it's just that same attitude of we're just here to play cricket, aren't we? Like that's what we're doing. That's yeah. <laughs> we're just we're just here to play cricket. I'm trying to find out how old he was on his test debut because I'm pretty sure he was a child on his one of his because all of his debuts were in 2011, like October. Yeah, he was like 18 and a half when he debuted at Cummins. Um, yeah, I mean he's he's younger than Scott Boland. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's like I think the Cummins Boland thing is a little bit different because you had the whole Cummins just there being play cricket, but like it was kind of like, oh, who's this golden boy? Scott Boland's almost just like, yeah, all right, just one of the wins for Australia. Cool. Catch you guys for lunch tomorrow. Yeah, because <laughs> one of the court and bowls he he took um, off Mark Wood, I think, like chipped it straight back to him, and he just kind of like he just he just holds the ball and he's like, yep, that's it. And, and you know, I remember watching a a big bash game with the with the court and bold and you know the bowler made a huge show of it like flung it like 60 meters up in the air and and then you know <laughs> like was was all in the batsman's face and something so he was like yeah i just took your wicket you know that's that's it <laughs> so, 
Off you, off you go. Get the next one out here. <laughs> He's just like, this is the MCG. I come here. I ball everyone out. You know, I've done this before. <laughs> like that nonchalant attitude. You know, like you, you love to, you love to see it. Yeah, none, none of the performative stuff. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good energy. I like the energy of of that. It's, it's kind of funny because you see like the celebrations, like. Uh, th- that's also in like contrast to like them celebrating winning the ashes and you just got this guy who's chill being like yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> anyway i reckon we wrap it up there um, yeah I, I think that was like, nice a nice little epilogue of, of scott boland appreciation <laughs> <laughs> we love you scott boland and we love you listeners catch you next year oh so true <laughs> 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 <laughs>